David Begg, you are the former General Secretary of ICTU, well known. You're now Chairman of the Pensions Authority and one of the contributors, one of the members of Dialogue of Hope, Critical Thinking in Critical Times. Your contribution, I think, situated Ireland in the wider context. Tell me in a nutshell what you were saying. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I did look at uh, the choices facing Ireland now for the future because our, our future, I guess, is very much tied up with what happens in Europe particularly and as you know these are traumatic times from that point of view with with, uh, Brexit and the political changes which have been happening right across the continent of Europe even the surprise results of the German election uh, the other day. So I guess what I was saying was that Ireland has to look at the direction in which it wants to go for the future. You know, old Frank Klusky, uh, the leader of the Labour Party in the Dáil one time, had a, a great expression. He said, you don't go through hell for the practice. And having come through the 2008 crisis, it seems unconscionable almost that we wouldn't look at fundamentals in terms of the future. And there are existential problems facing us. I mean, Brexit is the very obvious one. And not just, I suppose, simply in terms of the pure trading relationship with Britain or with Europe or whatever, but it's just that our relationship with Europe has always been... Uh, conditioned very much by our relationship with the United Kingdom. We never wanted uh, at one level we wanted to be independent of Britain and the European Union was a manifestation of that but at the same time we never wanted to leave Britain. We wanted Britain always at our side and even our membership of the single currency uh, was really predicated on Britain being a member. It was taught you know, way back in 1997 that Britain would join but now we're in that place where, where Britain's future seems to be drifting off in a different direction. So we have to look differently at Europe and how we uh, involve ourselves with the European Union of the future. We, up to now, we've just simply had an involvement where we're going to be very, very deeply committed. And of course, there are different views about the future in, in Europe and certainly different views about re- our economic and social model, not least in the area of taxation, for instance. As you know, President Macron has yeah, been, put the cat among the pigeons recently yeah, with his absolutely. vision. And, and also in uh, fortress Europe as well and the militarization of Europe. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, you, you, you see Europe is now, for the first time in several generations, you know, uh, facing serious, uh, I suppose, security threats on its border, mainly from a a revanchist uh, Russia. Uh, So the the requirement to be more capable militarily, I guess, is going to move up the agenda as as well. And then you have the other... um, complex problem of the United States which one needn't go into <laughs> and we but it will, you know, our economic model is so based on uh, investment from the United States that what happens there is obviously of crucial importance as well I suppose if I could summarise it this way I would say that that we, our economic and, and development model has existed on an idea that we were in the centre of a triangle of three currencies, the sterling, the euro and the dollar. And we had uh, uh, an attitude to international relations, which in the academic sphere is referred to as a multi-interface peripheral relationship. Now, <laughs> the problem for us is that the, those relations 
uh, on each point of the triangle are kind of changing at the same time. So the model which has served us so well for 50 or 60 years, I think, is unlikely to be as successful in the future. Well, my question then is, this is a dialogue of hope. Are we powerless? I mean, all the discussions that your group had, all the fine things that are said in the book about changing the narrative, a new economic model, a new social model. But if if we are so much on a periphery, the small island in the middle of the Atlantic, can we do any of those things if those other bigger forces are dictating a different type of narrative and policy? Yeah, well, well, certainly it's wise, I think, to be realistic about our influence in Europe. We have 1% of European GDP, and uh, despite the fact, say, in the current talks, we're highly dependent on uh, Michel Bernier keeping our interests in mind. But at the end of the day, quite frankly, no, we don't get a matter. So what we have to do, I would say, is to to find new networks and new coalitions of people within Europe. Uh, for example, say, I mean, there's the small open economies of Europe have in the main, and certainly of the northern European hemisphere, have been extremely successful. I'm thinking of, you know, Denmark, Netherlands, uh, Sweden, uh, countries, Finland, actually. I, I think we ought to begin to try and reimagine the Irish model more on a Nordic uh, model, as it were, uh, than than we have done up to now. I mean, it's very interesting about the the Nordic countries. You know, in the mid fifties, they did a fundamental reappraisal uh, of their situation, and they constructed a model of economic development uh, which has served them extremely well to give them, you know, high levels of public services, very productive uh, industries and very efficient use of capital and very good quality of, uh, I suppose, social security for other people. And they can do that while being the most competitive countries in the world economically. So I think that, you know, we, we just have to begin to look at things more fundamentally differently than we have uh, up to now. I mean, it's up to relatively recently. You couldn't question the reliance on low cooperation tax, for example. Uh, but events are requiring us to question that very, very seriously uh, and see, well, look, okay, it's served well for a while, but now maybe we need to think differently. Are you hopeful? It is called a dialogue of hope. We're speaking on a day when Mary Lou MacDonald in the uh, Oireachtas yesterday tried to raise the issue of the AIB not paying corporate tax for the next 20 years, not paying any tax for the next 20 years, even though it's now in profit, and um, it, it being the story changing because of the interaction between her and our leader of our country, and a really important issue like that becomes secondary to shenanigans, really. In the See, day. I think that part of the problem with politics, in fairness, is that it, it of its very necessity, it's quite short term and it's very much orientated towards grabbing a headline as it were and even a lot of how we communicate now with social media of which of course president trump is the ultimate uh, manifestation you know you can't make policy just simply in tweets i think or in short sentences 
there has to be some degree of more considered longer term thinking and some coming together of people seriously actually the Anglican Archbishop of Armagh Richard Clark has a very interesting article in Doctrine and Life magazine this month in which he he uses a model from the Nordic countries called the the uh, opinion corridor and he makes the point you know the difficulty is that opinions within that corridor are acceptable to be debated some opinions are completely outside the corridor extreme form would be racism or, or uh, anti-semitism or legitimately but he is making the point that public discourse at the moment has narrowed that corridor of opinion quite a lot so that it's very easy for people who advance views which may not be in themselves terribly popular to quickly get shouted down. So, you know, he's he's also saying that you, we need to look at every opinion and consider it and consider the reason why it's advanced and to see if there's any legitimacy in, in it at all. So, okay, I mean, I don't know how this is going to evolve. I guess trying to put some thoughts like this out into the public square, one hopes that they will be taken up and that there will be some more engagement of it. But the one thing I'm certain of for our country, we are at a critical juncture now, and it's important to recognise that. And when we have space and time to do a little bit of planning for the future, we should take that opportunity and we should try to build ourselves, you know, some kind of consensus about the economic and social model that we want as a people.